0: Dear listeners, Sai Ram, we now bring you Vahini Satsang. Today's episode was first aired on the 18th January 2018 as part of Thursday live programs on Asia Stream of Radio Sai. This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai.
1: saram dear listeners and welcome once again to vahini satsang offering ourselves at the lotus feet of bhagwan we begin this episode of vahini satsang and along with me is sai prakash the co-host of this program since we started this series we have been dwelling on the writings of Bhagwan, All the different series of articles that Swami wrote way back in the 50s and 60s through the 70s and 80s and which later were compiled into a series of books called the Vahini series. And we have been discussing Prema Vahini. We discussed the Third segment of chapter 16 in the previous episode of Vahini Satsang. So, today, praying to Bhagavan that he guides us and he gives us the understanding to assimilate what he has written, we take on from the fourth segment of chapter 16. So, let's hear segment 16.4 and then we will discuss. జవకు కంటికి చేవికి మానవడు చపలతోమను నర్పుతున్నాడు. దీనికి విరుద్ధమైనా భ్ాసమనందు చిత్తము లగ్నమ చేవలను మంచి విషేమలవైపు మనస్తును మరల్సవలను. బాల్యం నుండియు ఏ కాగ్రతతో మంచి సంస్కారమలు చేయుచుండవలను. అను క్షణమ కలుగకు సంస్కారమలు మంచివి అవునా కాదా అనే పరిశీలించు చేయు ప్రతి
0: పనియు uliye Manava Jivitaman Shilaku, Akrutani Diddunu. Aulini Daritapi Prayogintuma. Hanikaramekaka, Jivita Shilayu, Chiripun. Andivalana, Swalpati Swalva Vishamundasitam, Melakov Sancharin Salanu. Man has taught the eye, the ear and the tongue the luxury of constant novelty. Now the mind has to engage in opposite tendencies. The mind has to be turned towards the good. Right from childhood, such activities need to be done with one pointed concentration. All activities have to be examined constantly from this standpoint. Each such deed is the stroke of a chisel by which the rock of human personality is being shaped. A wrong stroke will not only be harmful but also completely ruin this rock. Therefore, even the tiniest of acts has to be done with great care. So,
1: what Bhagwan is saying here is about the luxury of constant novelty. Isn't <laughs> that something interesting? Sai
2: Prakash? can you relate to what is happening in today's times? Absolutely. I mean, um, we want something different every moment. Yes. And... Um, possibly one of since we are into production of videos etc <laughs> you would <laughs> what what would be the ending what would be the twist hmm. what would be the novelty in that hmm. in a sense uh, I mean uh, going a little bit tangential from what we are actually talking about there is this quote they uh, they say uh, for a good uh, story hmm. for a good film it has to have, a very interesting starting, beginning, mm. a very interesting ending, mm. and a twist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so mm. that twist is what we all uh, whole life is about, and mm. we are uh, so busy uh, feeding our senses yes. with novelty. Mm. In fact, but you know, I mean, that is
1: what a good story is all about. But um, don't you think in the recent times, mm-hmm. the uh, pace with which we want these twists. Correct. The pace with which we want these changes to happen has gone on to a differently altogether accelerated insane levels. Absolutely. Because the other day I was reading the statistics mm-hmm. that the number of times we touch, swipe and tap our phone every day is a staggering 2,617 times. Each person?
2: (laughs) Each person. Oh my God, I wish
1: I could count that tomorrow. (laughs) Hmm. You know, in fact, um, this might be something interesting. I don't know if you read about it. When I read, uh, it also sort of uh, um, was a huge uh, learning and for me, as well as it vindicated what I always believed. Mm -hmm. I read this article uh, um, which was written by Justin... Rosenstein. Okay. Justin Rosenstein uh, is a Facebook engineer. Uh, he is the one who actually is one of those awesome software guys who created that awesome feature called the like button. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in fact, he instantly became a tech hero okay. uh, when he um, stumbled on mm-hmm. this like button. And uh, in, incidentally, when he was with Google, he created Gchat. Okay. So, he is someone who has really brought in uh, all these uh, different features, mm-hmm. uh, which in today's parlance is called part of attention economy. Okay. Basically, the advertising industry mm-hmm. is completely driven by this thing called attention economy. Mm-hmm. And uh, this person, now he says that mm-hmm. what I have created, I have realized is nothing mm-hmm. but bright dings of (laughs) pseudo-pleasure oh my god (laughs) the like because he now he does not like what he has created (laughs) the one who created the like button on facebook (laughs) has he taken up buddhism or something (laughs) no Hmm. it it is just the reality Hmm. of what is happening the way the world is headed because he says in today's time everyone is distracted all the time Right. And he says, what has today happened is, because of the smart smartphone use, mm. it is not just addictive. It, it is continuous partial attention. And that is actually contributing to decreased cognitive abilities. It is absolutely uh, so harmful for mm-hmm. the coming generation. In fact, uh, he... He's not the only one in the Silicon Valley. I mean, if you see, there are so many other people. Another gentleman had his, uh, again, uh, a a Google techie. Mm -hmm. And uh, similarly, there are many actually in that article, which I read, uh, who feel that uh, a lot more needs to be done now to wean people away from the dangers of The attention economy. Mm. And uh, in fact, he's now started a non-governmental organization, actually, which is into helping people to uh, not get addicted to social media, to not get addicted to gadgets. In fact, uh, he, along with so many other uh, techies in the Silicon Valley, they don't send their kids to schools, Mm. which are normal. They send their kids to schools where gadgets are banned. My God. So, where iPhones, iPads, mm-hmm. they're banned. They want to s- because you know the recent studies also have shown that you know uh, if kids are away from the gadgets till their age twelve uh, or more, then definitely their cognitive ab- abilities, their uh, uh, the ability to focus, the ability mm-hmm. to uh, control their mind is is much greater. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I feel you know that is something that uh, I feel that is something that Bhagwan is hinting here because you know we are constantly teaching the eye, the ear and the tongue this constant novelty and and, th- and Swami is telling mind has to be engaged in opposite tendencies, correct because that is not what will help
2: us to grow spiritually, isn't it? In fact, uh, <laughs> somebody was giving a very interesting analogy mm-hmm. and um, so they asked uh, in the other Yugas, Hmm. Like Treta Yuga, Dwapar Yuga. (laughs) Everywhere you had demons. Hmm. You had Ravana, you had Hmm. Kamsa, you had (laughs) Yodhana. And uh, so what was the role of the demon? Hmm. The demon was very powerful. Hmm. And the demon was uh, uh, always kind of... Leading you away from your spiritual goal. <laughs> <laughs> I am getting it. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> demon was teaching you how to be very uh, worldly yes. and uh, g- leading example of... Be selfish, this, be narcissist. <laughs> exactly. So... What is the demon in this Kali age? <laughs> so, in a sense, it's technology. <laughs> yes. And yes. Uh, technology itself has become the demon. Mm. And uh, mm. uh, totally unaware of that, we are yes. taking. But yes. there's something very interesting, uh, a personal incident which comes to mind. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> I think it was in 2001. Mm. So, Swami had called me and a few others Swami had just called us and we, in the interview room, Swami mm-hmm. was speaking and I think uh, Professor Venkatraman and the Vice Chancellor and few others were there as well. Mm-hmm. So, Swami was uh, asking them what is technology? Mm-hmm. And um, so, some of them were saying, Swami, uh, different answers and uh, Swami saying, no, wrong answer, wrong answer. And then, Swami came to my, my chance came. He asked, mm-hmm. I said, Swami, you have said in your discourses, Technology is technology, is trick knowledge, mm. so it tricks you. Mm. Swami said, "Hey, you are repeating what I said. <laughs> what do you understand of technology?" Mm. So at that time, I didn't. Uh, I just kept, everybody was silent. Mm. Obviously, everyone else in the room was wiser than me because <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to hear what is Swami's yes. answer, yeah. and I <laughs> blurted mm. out this answer. But Swami gave a very simple definition. He said. Mm any action or anything that is supposed to be done by a human being, hmm. if it is done by machines, hmm. that is technology.
1: Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
2: <laughs> he said mm. anything that yes. is supposed to be done by human beings, if it's mm. done by machines, mm. so that is technology. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah. you know you can understand it. I mean, at several that, levels,
1: that, that is, I mean, very significant. I mean, the way Swami has played uh, the word technology as technology, mm. I think that is what is happening. I mean, uh, all the time uh, we are. Uh, technology is tripping us, <laughs> tricking <laughs> us, and mm. we are falling. Actually, if you see, I mean, it, at the same time, Swami has also set up uh, the computer labs in the institute. He has he has modernized our system. The hospital uses so much of te- technology to help people. Mm. I mean, it is not to abhor technology, but I think mm. as Bhagwan always mentioned, uh, mm. there is limits to everything, and there is a time, there is a place, there is a uh, way to Use this so that you are not enslaved by them. Just like the whole world is given to you, Swami, so you can enjoy the world, Mm. but ensure that you know you are not. The world is not enjoying you. I think it is it is something of uh,
2: uh, in that perspective that uh, we should understand this, isn't it? This is very interesting because um, I was seeing this talk by Swami Sarvapriyananda. Mm. Uh, He he's he was speaking to the. IIT students in Kanpur. Ram uh, mission, right? Yeah, from the Ram mission. Mm. And uh, I would really urge all our listeners to even go to YouTube mm. and see the series of two, three talks. Mm. It's really brilliant mm. and uh, uh, very coherently and very beautifully analyzes. Now, um, there in one of the talks, so he's talking about the same thing. Suppose uh, we say, um, Swami says that we are teaching the senses to uh, get attached to novelty all the time mm. but what we ought to be doing is turn the mind in the opposite direction yes now what is why are we trying to turn the mind in the opposite direction why do why, what is important about doing that and uh, why we should not uh, go along with the senses so in that talk he has given several uh, analogies and uh, he starts off with something um, called the shreyas and prayas yes so shreyas and prayas is uh, shreyas is what you like uh, what you like to do mm. but uh, prayas is what you want to do mm. What you eventually want or yeah. the spiritual goal. Okay. The It's the higher goal or the higher ambition. That is Shreyas, right? Shreyas. Yes. And, and Preyas yes. is what, what is pleasing. What is pleasing. What is yes. pleasing, yes. yes. Yeah. So, whatever is pleasing to you, you want to do that. Yeah. So, <laughs> he asks in the, uh, in the class, hmm. very nicely he asks, so, how many of you, if given a choice and if everything is fine and all that, want to get up at 4 in the morning do meditation or go for jogging or just take a walk and then Mm. read, draw and Mm. you know, uh, meditate and Mm. all that. Mm. 90% of the class lifted their arms. (laughs) And then he says, how many of you uh love to sleep at 4 in the morning mm. when it's cold winter pull mm. that rajai and then you know <laughs> cuddle mm. back into your bed mm. the same 90% lifted the hands oh. I mean 90% mm. of the class yes. lifted he says mm. so there is a difference between what you like mm. and what you would want to do what you want to do mm. so uh, then he says how you know in this chapter mm. of uh, the premavahini swami has been speaking about samskaras absolutely so what drives our actions mm. what drives our actions if you look at it uh, more than 60 to 70% is driven by samskaras yes what you accumulate yes and uh, last chapter swami last week we swami spoke about death mm. and he said the the kind of um, you know, a feeling that you retain when you're dying—that is impressions, the yes. impression. That yes. is reflective of the way you have led your life, mm. and um, so everything is on an impulse. Now, for example, you are—you uh, get angry, and he said, "Oh my God! Again, I lost my temper." You don't want to lose it. Obviously, mm. nobody wants yes. to lose temper, yes. but it's not in your control because mm. that's because of your samskaras. Mm. So, in that talk, Sarvapriyananda, Swami Sarvapriyananda, very beautifully explains. Mm. He says, um, You are driven by your samskaras, your every action is driven by your samskaras. In fact, here, I think in the second um, paragraph, uh, mind has to be turned. uh, turned towards the good right from childhood such activities need to be done with one pointed concentration concentration. all activities have to be examined constantly from this standpoint now what Hmm. is this standpoint Hmm. and Swami says this standpoint if you look at what is your spiritual uh, goal what do you want to achieve so in that sense if you look at it on one side you are driven by samskaras to do your action and and on the fulfillment of your action you realize oh my god i should not have done that mm. but the action is already done mm. so where is the solution so then uh, he he gives two shlokas from the bhagavad gita which are very very uh, relevant he says in chapter 3 shloka number 33 and 34 mm-hmm he says sadrisham cestate svasya prakriti Gyanamanapi prakritim yanti bhutani nigra kim karishyati that means he says everybody everybody is driven by their samskaras by the accumulated past
0: hmm.
2: and uh, so what can control do hmm. Hmm. Means you are saying control your senses, control your senses. What can control do? Hmm. Because you are already is being driven. yes You are driven by what you have accumulated. Hmm. So what can control do? Hmm. And he says, uh, Krishna gives the answer to this question, this predicament. In the next shloka, he says, Indriyas indriyas yarte raga dvesha vyavastitau thayorna vasham paripannitau Mm-hmm. Panti so uh, Panti now, sorry mm-hmm. he says um, don't be affected by likes and dislikes mm-hmm. so for example before the manifestation of your thought word and deed of any particular oh anger suppose mm-hmm. you are getting angry now why do you get angry because you don't want you don't like something You don't like something, so you get angry against it.
0: Hmm.
2: But if you start conditioning your mind in such a way that you go beyond likes and dislikes. Hmm. Of course, it's very easy to say that. But he says that is... This standpoint, which Swami is talking about. Mm. If you are able to lead your mind, mm. all activities have to be examined constantly from this standpoint, Swami yes. says. Yes. So what is that this standpoint is again very interestingly, the definition of whom Swami calls is bhakta. He mm. says, Who yes. is it? Who's my devotee? Yes. Anybody who accepts who accepts you know kind of gets equanimity of joy and sorrow happiness and pain Hmm. so such a person is devoted to me so Hmm. what it all comes down to is between the impulse to have a thought word or deed and and the manifestation of that thought word and deed Deed, you have a choice yes a small window of choice yes which is either to be driven by ragadvesha or to be detached from it
1: yes Wow, I think that is very beautiful. In fact, uh, you remember Sahabrakar sometime back when we had Bhagya sir, Mm -hmm. he mentioned about 7 seconds. (laughs) Absolutely. And Swami
2: has told that. Mm. So, he says in that small window, Mm. so now for example, coming back to the first paragraph, he Mm. says, man has taught the eye, the ear and the tongue, the luxury of constant novelty. Mm. So, what are we trying to do? When you see something different, when you see something new, mm. what, what is the ripple effect? Mm. What does it affect you? Like, mm. okay, you see a beautiful flower mm. and you say, wow, what a beautiful flower. Mm. I'm sure it smells very good. Let me mm. pluck it and take it. Mm. Or how wonderful it is. Yes. See, either ways, yes. there is an association with that flower. Mm. And uh, so in a sense, in that second Ah. Or in that moment when you are thinking about the flower, mm. your thought is not on the goal that you want to achieve. Mm. But true. But I think one simple way of doing
1: this, right. which Swami says here, the mind has to be turned towards the good. That's mm-hmm. what Swami says here. And right. then he says, you know, right from childhood, you uh, such activity, activities need to be done with one pointed concentration. Mm. So what we can do is the moment, you know, As you said, that gap between the thought, word and the action. Mm -hmm. As they say, you should always not react, but respond. Mm -hmm. I think take those seven seconds and then respond. Absolutely. And so what we can do is see how I can make it good. Mm -hmm. For example, just today I was reading about uh, this law of garbage truck. Have you heard about the law of garbage truck? No, no, no. What's that? (laughs) Sometime back, we had published this on Heart to Heart. Basically, there is this person now who is... Uh, Going in his car and uh, uh, his driver uh, was uh, someone who was uh, really um, driving well. And then suddenly there is this truck that comes uh, um, to their side and it actually sort of almost hitting them. Mm -hmm. And uh, that person... That The truck driver looks at this car driver and, you know, he angrily shouts and, you know, he pours all those adjectives that you don't want to hear and uh, and he leaves. Mm -hmm. But actually, it is his mistake. Okay. Okay. And this owner is very infuriated, Mm -hmm. owner of the car, and he looks at the driver and the driver is really calm. Mm. the driver is really smiling and you know he heard everything He all that the person gave he accepted as <laughs> as a prasadam mm-hmm. and he just uh, smiled and he wished him well and he let him go mm. and And the owner said how can you be like this <laughs> you know yeah. you know the way that person abuses first of all we have not done any mistake mm. you should have given it back mm. you know all that and then this driver says sir have you heard about the law of garbage truck So, the owner says, what is that? Mm. He says, see, there are a lot of people Mm. in the world Mm. who are all the time carrying a lot of garbage with them. Okay. Because of, you know, circumstances in their life, their frustrations or whatever, their samskaras or whatever, Mm. you know. So, anything little Mm. also irritates them, uh, disturbs them. Okay. And whenever that happens all that luggage that they're carrying, all that garbage that they're carrying, they dump it Mm. on someone else. Because that is the way they sort of uh, can uh, handle themselves. So, he says, so when they just give that, you know, it is our job to ensure that we don't collect that garbage with us. You know, you just let let it go. You don't want, because if you collect all that garbage, then again, you'll have to offload that garbage on someone else. (laughs) <laughs> so he says you know this is the law of garbage mm. but I mean that, that's what it is see at that point in time in those 7 seconds you know when that person was saying I can always just be quiet and, and you know because an argument will only lead to more arguments and uh, more uh, um, bad feelings and, and and perhaps more bad karma <laughs> so
2: um in that same talk, what he says is, uh, he gives a very nice uh, story. He says, this is uh, from a Buddhist monk. Uh, a disciple comes to him and he says, now how do I change hmm. uh, my thoughts? Or how do I change my actions and my words? And um, So he says, I am um, very distracted when I try to meditate. Hmm. So the guru gives him a bowl. Mm. And he gives him two sets of stones, pebbles, Mm -hmm. one white pebbles, one black pebbles. Mm -hmm. And he says, when you get a negative thought, you put a black pebble in the bowl. Mm -hmm. And when you get a positive thought, you put a white pebble in the bowl. Mm -hmm. So he started seeing initially there were many black pebbles Mm -hmm. over the course of a few months and a year and year and a half the pebbles all started becoming white. Oh, wow. So, he says, by gradual, again, uh, in Bhagavad Gita, he says, uh, how do you control the mind? Hmm. He says, uh, uh, It is more difficult than trying to control the wind.
0: Hmm.
2: And Krishna says, yes, it is difficult. <laughs> he says, mm. with, practice, with, practice. With, practice. with practice, you can do that. Mm. See, there, there are two things. Now, he says, the mind has to be turned in the opposite direction. Mm. First of all, why it should be turned? Mm. And secondly, how to turn it? Mm. Now, um, he says, why it should be turned is because... If it is not turned and if the mind goes along with the senses like how Swami gives that example of horses are the senses and the mind is the reins that control Mm. if the mind goes along with the senses Mm. then the mind starts identifying yourself with the senses Mm. and what is external. Yes. So, you are not able to direct your vision towards who you really are Mm. or towards within yourself. Mm. So, that is why it should be controlled. And Swami gives that standard example, a very beautiful example of the, the lake. Yes. So, He says the mind is like Uh, the lake with several ripples and muddy water and you know all that so when you when you have such dirty water and you know fast flowing water there is no stability and it is uh, um, it is not transparent it's very opaque and you cannot see your reflection in it Hmm. you cannot see your reflection so but when the mind is very clean and very static and very still clear and still then when you look into it, you can see your own reflection. Mm. So, in order to see who you really are, to know mm. who you really are, you have to have a stable mind and mm. a very clean mind. Mm. Wow. In fact, uh, you know, as we are talking about this and Swami
1: is saying that, you know, uh, this is something that children mm-hmm. uh, have to be engaged in. Children have to be groomed mm. in this uh, direction. Mm. And, you know, I was just thinking of the routine here Correct. in Prashant in LM. If you see, uh, If you see here, students do so many activities. Mm -hmm. If you see the school hostel, for example. Because sometime back, uh, I was talking to a group of school students. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, this boy, Shivam, at that point in time, he was in 12th standard. Mm -hmm. And he was saying that it is really so amazing that uh, here, what used to take me six hours to Mm -hmm. complete my homework when I was in Mumbai. Okay. uh, For his 10th class, 10th grade. I do that here mm. in just two hours. <laughs> he says, and plus, I do so many other things. Mm. So, that's what um, uh, Dr. Selesh Trivastava, you know, who is mm. of course a very, very revered teacher in the school. Mm. So, he, what he was saying is here, mm. what we are achieving is the art of education for life. So, education for life is different from education from living from a perspective of education. You probably can get an education for living. You can have a job. You can probably make a living with a distracted mind. But education for life is all all about a disciplined mind. So, you Today, I mean, uh, most of the kids are distracted. I mean, Mm. thanks to the way the world is going. So, with that, probably you'll get a great job. You know, you probably will be making a lot of money. Probably you're doing multitasking and all that. Mm. But that is education only for living. Mm. But what Swami is referring to here is education for life. And that comes only with a disciplined mind. And Mm. He says, how because of uh, the students being... Being brought up in an environment where they are asked to concentrate, mm-hmm. that really sharpens their cognitive abilities. That f- sharpens their focus, so their productivity is so much higher. In fact, sometime back when you had the school being hailed uh, as the top ten schools mm-hmm. in the country, you know, when you look looked at that list, mm. you know, the other schools were mm. all in the metros, mm. uh, and uh, uh, if you talk to the students of those schools. In, when once they come to 9th, 10th, they do nothing else. You know, only studies. I mean, mm. they'll be studying perhaps mm. <laughs> 6 to 8 to 10 hours per day. Mm. And here, the study hours are always limited to two hours. Perhaps during examination time, you know, you will somehow, students will snatch <laughs> <laughs> a little time from uh, during the um, intervals or snatch during the lunch hour and probably get another one hour of study more but that's all you get you know mm-hmm. but but still you achieve this fantastic results and, uh, ac- academic results I think that, that is I,
2: to me a very practical example of what Swami is talking isn't it absolutely in fact uh, very interestingly one of the videos three sessions mm-hmm. Swami is saying uh, I am not speaking to you all Oh. <laughs> so all the students are sitting hmm. and Swami is saying when I said sit silently you all are sitting silently you are not running and jumping <laughs> but I am talking to your mind, mind. Uh, wow. your mind is roaming in the <laughs> bazaar it is roaming elsewhere hmm. he says it is very easy for a body to sit you know ah. you are sitting in one place hmm. so, so what hmm. the body is meaningless hmm. there is no <laughs>
1: <laughs> that doesn't mean you are quiet <laughs> yeah that
2: doesn't mean you are quiet he said hmm. Your mind has to be silent. Hmm. If your mind is silent, then you will... uh, uh, A very interesting aside, uh, Hmm. in fact, Swami, I believe, said... Hmm. Uh, one of those uh, days when one of the school teachers hmm. caught the ears of four of the school students and took them to Swami and said, Swami, these are the boys. Hmm. And Swami said, what did they do? Hmm. Swami, you have to punish them. Hmm. Swami said, for what? Hmm. No, Swami, they have done something very wrong. Hmm. Swami, what did they do? He said, Swami, you are giving a discourse hmm. and they were sleeping. Uh, oh. hmm. And I caught them hmm. because they were sleeping. Hmm. And Swami said, what is wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <goodness. laughs> so uh, the teacher was amazed, and mm. everybody around were also amazed. Mm. And they said, So what is Swami saying? <laughs> mm. Mm. And then Swami said, That is the best way to listen to my discourse. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Swami said that. <laughs> ah. He said, Because mm. when you are in that half state of awake and asleep,
0: mm-hmm.
2: your senses are not distracting you, mm-hmm. your mind is calm. Mm -hmm. and whatever I speak directly goes into your subconscious
0: oh wow Hmm.
2: and I believe Swami specifically said that students should be made to listen to my discourses just before they sleep oh okay so that that is what that's that's what goes into their subconscious oh wow and uh, uh, in fact for listeners, it would be really interesting, mm. a, a really interesting exercise to do. Mm. Because I think in our radio site, we have mm. several discourses where we have only Swami's voice. We have removed the translator's voice. Mm. And uh, whether you understand Telugu or you don't understand Telugu, it yes. doesn't matter. Yes. If you just put on Swami's discourse and as you're listening to it, if you just fall asleep, I think that... Inspiration, that message which Swami is giving mm. directly goes into our subconscious. Wow. And it is something which we will have to try to do because mm. the moment we open our eyes, we are distracted with something. Mm. So mm. you are listening to Swami's discourse mm. and, mm. oh, just let me check WhatsApp. <laughs> <Did> <laughs> I, I, know, get, I know, I know. And, and also, I think, you know, uh,
1: um, if not anything else, you'll mm. sleep well. You'll sleep well. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's that's a huge thing. Sometimes people yeah. cannot sleep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that because that's I, because I've been telling, speaking to many people, and mm. you know, I've been telling them that it would be nice to change your schedule to you know early morning schedules. Mm. You know, sleep early in the night and get up early in the morning, and you'll mm. we'll be more productive and all that. Because that's mm. how the hostel schedule was. You know, as we uh, get through life, mm. you know, with time, uh, most of us get into that schedule of working late in the nights and mm. getting up. Late in the morning, especially in the metros uh, mm. and, and and but if you see what Swami has always advised Correct. is that you should get up early in the morning. Mm. You know. But people say it just can't happen, you know, because I just can't sleep.
2: <laughs> That's because you just have not set it as your priority. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not your priority. Yeah. You want to do it, yeah. you would love to do it, but yeah. you're not doing it. You're not doing it. But I think at least if you put
1: on the discourse stream, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe, you know, you will you'll just uh, calm your mind mm-hmm. uh, and, and ensure that you don't get too distracted and you will sleep. The other, you know, the important thing as you are mentioning this is um, when we are talking about children and the distraction that is happening in the world today. The other day I was reading how, you know, one of the major concerns today, especially when it comes to children, is this AD. Uh, CD disorder ADHD disorder mm. you know I, I think perhaps you have heard about it, the mm. attention deficit hyperactivity disorder mm. and there were Two million children in the US who were diagnosed with this. My goodness! Mm. <laughs> Between 2003 and 2012, so I mean, there means most children are diagnosed by their age six, and you know, by their age four, they are, they have this serious ability. They're not. They are not able to concentrate. Mm. So, and and that is uh, something which is very very alarming because you know their cognitive capacities is really decline. and uh, and. Most of these kids, they have to start medication right from their uh, early age. By the time they are four or six, and through their entire teen years, they have to take the medication. And after that, you know, the medication continues. And what they have found is one solution to this. Okay. To to this uh, distraction disorder mm. is meditation. Mm. And you know we know in how in uh, in the Sathya Sai system of education, Swami always mentioned about silent sitting and in the EHV, in the Balvikas, you always have this practice of silent sitting and a bit of meditation, Jyoti meditation, whatever. And we had we have that in our schools also. So now you know the world is waking up, just like the world is waking up to yoga. Now <laughs> the world is waking up uh, that how this will help students. To get over so many maladies, especially even their social behaviors. They have found that a meditation program has showed 24% better social behavior. Mm-hmm. Students were 24% less aggressive and they perceived themselves 20% more social more social I mean I think these are so what they are finding is it is it is not something if, if students come to the school and if they are asked to meditate it is not something which will take time off from their academics but it this is what will help them become better in their academics as what is happening in, in, in the higher secondary school here and many size schools elsewhere mm-hmm. but the most imp, uh, interesting finding is what they are saying is this is making them mm. more altruistic this Mm. is making them more connected with the world this is improving their sense they are not able to map it how but they are saying this is helping children to become more compassionate compassionate right more compassionate Mm. and I think see I mean all these things uh, uh um uh, and especially whatever has come <laughs> from our ancient rishis and what Bhagwan has been um, uh, saying us and I feel that's why the Sathya Sai system of education especially whatever is followed in the hostel here mm. this is you know directly laid on by Bhagwan and mm. we can really map <laughs> everything that Swami is talking about how to raise the next generation because in, in the students here I mean mm. uh, in the institutions here students are not, not allowed mobile phones isn't it When in the, in the primary school or in the college years mm. I mean it, it's very very restricted access. Mm. Access is there, but it's very restricted and that is so important, isn't it? I mean, the world is slowly
2: waking up to that. Right. <laughs> Silicon right. Valley techies are waking up to that. Uh, yeah. People have to, I think, give money and go to resorts where they, they are not allowed to use <laughs> yes, their mobiles. Yeah,
1: absolutely, that's what is happening. I mean, yeah. there are resorts in Japan where you pay them money so that they they can keep your
2: phones. <laughs> in fact, uh, see here, Swami is talking about um one-pointed concentration. Yes. He says the mind has to be turned towards the good right from childhood. Such activities need to be done with one-pointed concentration. Yes. Ekagrata. Mm. That is something uh, which Swami has spoken about even in the initial chapters of yes. Premavayani. Yes. And how uh, concentration uh, from that standpoint. Yes. So that concentration is driving you towards that uh, goal. Mm. Uh, I had a very interesting... Um, you know tangential uh, thought mm-hmm. <laughs> is obviously not Ekagrita. Mm-hmm. but <laughs> there is uh, you know this condition uh, where you have the savants mm-hmm. you know people who have extraordinary uh, abilities mm-hmm. because of um, uh, people who have seen the movie Rain Man mm-hmm. um, it's about this gentleman called Kim, Kim Peek and um, um, so what they have they have this uh, neurological uh, um, now we don't know whether to call it a disorder or a ability mm-hmm. to say it, ability of course in a sense it's disorder because it takes away several other you know functionality of their body but um, this Kim Peak, for example he is considered to be the um, uh, what to say um the walking encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the greatest walking encyclopedia of on earth. Oh. Oh my god. So you just go and ask him any question mm-hmm. and he'll tell you what the answer is. Oh my god. Any question from any topic. A walking Google. Yes, he's a walking Google. <laughs> and um uh, so he uh um, he w- he still continues to read books mm-hmm. and because that's what he does and so his father who is in the 80s so <coughs> the documentary they were asking him he says how much time does it take to read uh, two pages mm. of a book like when mm. you open a book you have mm. two sides yes um, <coughs> so he says he um, takes exactly eight seconds <laughs> oh my god <laughs> eight seconds and mm. once he has read something there's no question of forgetting it wow Extraordinary concentration, extraordinary ability. The the brain, the mind is so powerful that it gives him this extraordinary concentration. And there is this other savant who is Daniel Tammet. So, he um, has this uh, power to do um, amazing mathematical calculations. Hmm. And um, yes, there are people who are very fast at doing mathematical calculations and with uh, kids yes. and, you know, people who have been given that special ability. But his is of a totally different um level. And uh, he flew all the way from uh, Europe. I am not, uh, I don't remember exactly where he's from to the U.S. To participate in what is called the Pi Day. So, we Mm. all know the mathematical Mm. pi and it has Uh, uh, 3.164 and then the the numbers go on and on and on. It's an endless number. Yes. So, what he did was he took, I think, a couple of weeks uh, to look at that endless number and then reproduce it Mm -hmm. to the level of 22,500 numbers. Oh my god. <laughs> so three point one six four and then seven eight, whatever what comes after that. Mm-hmm. Twenty-two thousand five hundred numbers after the decimal he, he was able to recount. Oh my god. And that took him something like five and a half hours. <laughs> five and a half hours to reproduce these numbers. It's amazing. So then they ask him, how do you do it? Hmm. From where do you get this amount of concentration? Like hmm. uh, the whole topic came because of know. Eka Gratan's single-minded, hmm. single, minded, single uh, you know, focused concentration. Yes. Of course, the, this is their, uh, the, this is an ability that has been bestowed and there are yes. very few savants uh, yeah. alive today and there are people who can remember a lot of numbers. There are people who can yeah. remember they're, they're, the, you know, Mano, Buddhi, Chitta, Ankara, if you look at it, mind, the, the, uh, Chitta aspect of it, which is memory. So he says that memory aspect is very strong in them. So they are able to recount. But there's also interesting uh, thing when they ask him how you are able to remember these numbers. He associates forms. He sees them as forms. Oh. He sees them as light. He hmm. sees them as patterns. Oh wow. He sees them as uh, as beings. Mm-hmm. So it is not that he sees them as numbers. He, he has an experience of those numbers. Wow, <laughs> it's very interesting. The whole mm, mm, if you search mm. on YouTube, you will come across these. Mm. Now this is also called uh, uh, synesthesia. I, I, I don't think he's like two strand DNA for some <laughs>
1: twelve strand DNA or ten strand DNA. Brilliant,
2: brilliant. And so this condition is also called synesthesia, where they they're able to associate form and texture and music and light and sound oh. with numbers. So mm. it's it's a dif- different level of a different dimension, different basically. dimension of and people are trying to actually cognize and see whether there is any kind of hmm. a logical ability that can be kind yeah. of brought now hmm. the reason I am talking about all this is this is also coming out of extreme concentration yes this is also extreme concentration and some of them have this ability to have this extreme concentration hmm. and uh, reproduce uh, yeah. results which um, normal people like us yes Cannot um, you know comprehend or reach that level. But what Swami is saying is that it is possible for everybody. Yes. What Swami is saying is that it is possible for everybody to focus and then concentrate and get the result of going beyond the distractions of the senses. Yes. So now that is something which is very, very interesting because in a sense. There are people in the world who have these extraordinary abilities who are able to produce this yes. superhuman uh, yes. answers and results. Mm. But here... He says, this is in the grasp of everybody. Yes. In fact,
1: one beauty, very beautiful example of this is Swami Vivekananda, isn't it? Mm. I mean, he was someone uh, who who could uh, just glance through the book mm. and uh, uh, um, know the contents. Uh, mm. uh, and he, again, he was someone who, who, who could read a book in minutes. Absolutely. And, and mm. that is only through the power of concentration, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It, 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 it is the power of... Focus, it is the power of, as Bhagawan is saying, turning the mind towards the good. Mm. It is the power of sharpening the mind through the process of meditation. Mm. That is what Bhagawan is saying. I mean, Swami would want uh, that every student Mm. uh, develops that kind of a mental faculty Mm. through the uh,
2: process of Shreyas, as you mentioned. Right. Isn't it? In fact, you know, here, the last paragraph he says, um, he says, it's like a stroke of a chisel and the mm. human personality is being shaped mm. I mean just imagine you are making this huge sculpture and then mm. somebody chips off the nose <laughs> and you, you you cannot you cannot really yes. get it back and mm. he says mm. um, so every action yes. and this is something very very inspiring he says yes. therefore even the tiniest of actions yes. mm. has to be done with great care mm. and um, uh, here again in that same talk by Swami Sarvas Priyananda mm. he gives a very beautiful um Uh, perspective Mm -hmm. he says he writes on the board A and B Mm -hmm. and he says come on one of you come and choose any one of them so the person comes and tick marks opposite A Mm -hmm. so he has selected A Mm. and he says yes generally this is how we select Mm. suppose you have two things you want to select you select A
0: Mm.
2: now or you circle A Mm. but that is not complete in itself -hmm. The meaning decision, the word decision comes from the source of Caesare or Mm Caesarean, where it is to cut the other option. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) okay. So, So, select means you cut the other one. It is not enough. It is not Not enough enough. that you select one option. Mm. What is equally important is, is you cut the other ah, option. Wow. Hmm. So when Swami says every, even the tiniest of actions hmm. has to be done with great care, care and it has to be examined constantly from that standpoint. Hmm. See, the words are very beautiful. Hmm. says it has to be examined from that standpoint. What is that standpoint? Hmm. So that standpoint of your Shreyas, yes. of, you know, what is your ultimate goal? Hmm. Is this action helping me towards that goal? Hmm. And so... If it is not helping me, Mm. cut it.
1: Cut it.
2: Mm. Cut it? Yes. It is not helping me so I am not going for it. Yes. So, if watching movie till 12 o'clock at night yes. is not helping me get good rest, which is not helping me get a good day's yes. uh, work the next day mm. and which is not obviously helping me to understand mm. who really are <laughs> mm. my spiritual goals, mm. cut it.
1: Yes.
2: Yes. If you do not cut it, if you yes. keep the option open, yes. then you are always tending to slide back. Mm. Wow. Well, I think... Uh, uh, again, coming back to our hostel life, mm. you know, uh,
1: I think everyone will relate to, you know, getting up early in the morning because everyone loves to be in the bed. But mm. uh, the hostel life, that's what, you know, the, the, the teachers are after you uh, mm. to ensure that you you shake that laziness, you beat that <laughs> slumber and you get up at five o'clock and go out to the ground and jog. Mm. In fact, and I you know you mentioned about habit and abhyasa how, how can it be done and you mentioned how Krishna says that habit in fact I remember when I was in the Brindavan hostel mm-hmm. um, in Brindavan as all of us who, who, whoever has studied in Brindavan hostel know that they are really 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 strict about <laughs> morning jogging absolutely no one is exempted mm. and I remember when in the first year just like it was for many students of course, being someone who did 11th and 12th in the school year, it was not difficult for me. But uh, you are ultra careful there. Uh, mm. You know, you can't be late even for five minutes. <laughs> so, mm. so, uh, so the first year... Um, you know, I was always punctual and we used to do and there's no other go, of course. But uh, during the examination period, mm. you know, there is a bit of relaxation. Okay. You know, if somebody doesn't want to jog in the mm. mornings in the examination period, especially only mm. during the examination, mm. like the day you have the exam, mm. then, you know, you're, uh, you you can take off. But I remember, you know, I got so sort of <laughs> uh, uh, happy mm. doing this, you know. I used to, even on an examination day, I would get up and I would go and do three rounds of, <laughs> three full rounds of jogging actually. Mm. You know? And and and, and how this uh, this practice, mm. you know, stays with you. That right. you are mentioning, right? You know? These things, because Swami says that, you know, if, if it is not cultivated in that early age, mm-hmm. then uh, uh, if, if a wrong stroke is given, then like later on to correct is very difficult. <laughs> but if the right strokes are there, you know, mm. you can always shape it again. I remember, so after finishing, you know, my my college days mm. you, and, you know, you started working initially in the Bangalore hospital and all that. And, you know, mm. at that point in time, you we were so much uh, um, uh, enthusiastic to work. You know, I did not really jog and I, mm. this whole attention of jogging and all that slowly dwindled and actually I did not jog for so many years actually. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, one day it just came back mm. <laughs> you know I just thought you know why not uh, um, actually the way it happened was someone said that um, uh, if you jog you can actually sing well I mean this is what Swami had told <laughs> okay. once because what was happening is mm. uh, I noticed that when I am singing mm. um Especially when the lines in the bhajans are long, Mm. I'm not able to sustain my breath. Breath. Oh, okay. That is what was happening. And I didn't know uh, how to overcome that. Mm. And then uh, one brother told me that uh, for this, you need lung power. Mm. And if you jog, then it will help to improve your lung power.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, uh, during the same time, one day uh, Ravi Kumar sir was talking and he mentioned that Swami himself had mentioned this to one boy who was not able to sing, Swami should start jogging. That will help. So, you know, all the things put together, I that was actually the motivation. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and I started jogging. And, you know, I, then I felt, yeah, I'm able to do it. I mean, it's not really difficult here. I mean, I was able to do one kilometer, two kilometer. Then I thought, okay, let me join the college boys when they had that 5,000 meters. So, I just joined the institute group and ran 5,000 meters. Then they had the 10,000 meters. So, you know, I just ran. So, all I'm trying to say is, after that, it has become such a uh, uh, um, routine, actually, to do because of... You know what? Satisai's system of education got instilled mm-hmm. uh, in in so many of us. That I mean, the way it happens, and this is what Swami is telling the right strokes for you the know. rock.
2: <laughs> yeah, what you're saying is very interesting because. In a sense, like okay, in your case, you wanted to sing in front of Swami, so that was a very powerful incentive. Yeah, you know, we are always driven by incentives. What is it? What is it that I'm going to gain? Yeah. What am I going to get from yes. the whole thing? So, for us, when Swami was physically here, we had this incentive that. Um, we are doing something for him, so obviously we are ready to give up something else or we are ready to give up uh, um, this uh, something else to achieve this. But looking at it from a purely spiritual perspective, what is the incentive to turn the mind away? It's like basically you are telling the mind has to commit suicide.
1: Mm. Yes,
2: you are trying to commit. You are telling the mind, "Come on, get enticed to commit suicide." <laughs> I know, and that's That is the reason why the challenge is so great, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, is it? Is it? Is it enticing enough? <laughs> <laughs> like the mind is saying, "Are you serious?" <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I think you really missed out on this chocolate. Come <laughs> yeah. on, let's go and get this chocolate. Yeah. Or you have missed out on something else? Right. No, no. I'm sure I've, I've seen all this. <laughs> I've tasted all this. There's nothing more. I really want you to commit suicide. Mm. Mm. Because then, so unless, so the state of understanding Mm. is obviously beyond the mind. Mm. But it becomes very theoretical and it Mm. becomes very, um, you know, uh, uh, difficult for people to comprehend. Mm. So I think Swami has always given us the uh, right royal path Mm. that First try to offer everything to me. Yes. And if, if I'm really going on sitting and talking ill about somebody else, yes. and I say, Swami, I offer this to you, hmm. you can imagine Swami coming and giving you one <laughs> tight <laughs> slap and said, Hey, hmm. why are you offering this to me? Hmm. So in that sense you start purifying your thoughts. Mm-hmm words and actions but eventually what has to happen is you have to disassociate with them completely Mm, mm, mm. and um, so uh, that I think uh, very nicely Swami says uh, in the previous um, part of this chapter where He says therefore from tomorrow Always keep death before the eye of the memory. (laughs) Yes. What an amazing... He says, keep death because that is the only inevitable inevitability. Yes. That's that's something which is, Mm. you know, you can't escape. Yes. That's something which has... So, before that happens and if you want to be in that right uh, frame for liberation, the last Mm. moment of your life, keep Mm. that in mind. Mind, yes. And... uh, that is the standpoint, that's the yardstick from which I think mm. we'll have to measure everything else. Mm.
1: In fact, you know, as, as you talk about the goal of life and everything, yes, and which is actually a state mm-hmm. where completely detached with everything, you're beyond the state of mind. Everything is a bit esoteric, mm. difficult for people to relate to, right. difficult for, for me to carry on my life uh, um, thinking that my goal is moksha. You know, most, most of them are not able to relate to that kind of a lofty goal. Correct. And that's why, you know, we create all these little, little goals which which are achievable and which we think will give us ananda mm. now, talking about ananda other I, I was reading a book where Swami is telling yes I want all of you to be in ananda mm. but what is that ananda mm. that ananda that comes from mm. detachment and service to people to others mm. I mean, that is only the real ananda if you think yeah, Swami wants us to be happy Swami doesn't want, want us to be happy with completely all our attachment family I mean mm. all that is has its place but what is ananda Swami says that ananda that comes only from detachment and service to people anyway that is one thing but what I was trying to convey is here Swami uh, is saying that to make it simpler you think of good things At least that is doable. You cannot think about uh, lofty, moksha, nirvana is very difficult as a goal. But, okay, I will do something good. Mm. In case, you know, somebody uh, is angry with me, I will not retaliate. I will at least think about it positively. Okay, I will be a little more patient. Okay, I will ensure that I am less angry. Mm. So, I will just Try and see, can I take these steps towards goodness and slowly Correct. that goodness will lead to that complete uh, shreyas and finally moksha. In fact, that is what Bhagawan emphasizes on very beautifully in the next segment, uh, 16.5, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where Bhagwan is stressing on this aspect of uh, how to be good because okay. ultimately be good see good do good <laughs> this is the way to god Absolutely. i think we will uh, we will have to stop here and uh, dear listeners uh, please read uh, this chapter 16 of prema Vaini today there are a lot of things that we discussed and of course some of things were a bit tangential but uh, we thought these are useful tidbits uh, uh, into this discussion because you know we are in a world where there are a lot of things happening around us and it's good that we are alive to them we are aware of them and we know how to maneuver our way through this jungle of life we have to be in this jungle but we need to know how to carve our pathway a safe pathway and reach the lotus feet of Bhagwan. So please uh, take your time out and read the chapter 16. And if you have any thoughts, questions, please feel free as always to write to us. We'll be happy to have your viewpoints, ha- your questions. Please be part of this discussion. Please, please be part of this beautiful satsang on Premavaini. Thank you so much. Sairam.
0: You were listening to an episode of our program Vahini Satsang. This episode was first aired on the 18th January 2018 as part of Thursday Live from Prashanthinilam on Asia's stream of Radio Sai Global Harmony. This program was hosted by Bishu and Sai Prakash of Team Radio Sai. Thank you and Sai Ram.